You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Real Presence Live. We just had an awesome conversation with Father John Paul Gardner from the Diocese of Bismarck about the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Such a, an incredible solemnity that we are celebrating that we're soaking in today. Um, and I thought it'd just be great to spend a little more, more time with that. Absolutely. Uh, there's just so much we can, you know, have a conversation about, mm-hmm. even as it relates to the world we live in today. Yeah. I mean, throughout salvation history and throughout, you know, we've had you know, human nature is just at its best, uh, especially with the evil one, mm-hmm. you know, lurking in the darkness and deceptive ways right, that right. he does. But this gift of the sacred heart of Jesus is something that we all need to, like I said before, be very intentional about. And and that includes myself. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I have those dry periods that I go through in my faith, and, and I don't want to be fickle, and I don't want to... Uh, be what it, how did Father Paul uh, state it? Um, kind of lukewarm. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, that that's not a good place to be yeah. uh, because that's when the deceptive part of the evil one can sneak in. Yeah. I think it's so important for us to remember. Um, I, I love the phrase by St. John Paul II that every man stands before God as a beggar. And I think in many ways we're reminded on this. Solemnity of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, that it's it's not really ultimately about the prayers that we do, the good works that we do, and all that. We're called into that, right? We're called into that because of the dignity that we have. But we're loved before that. Mm-hmm. You know, before we have done anything, uh, Christ loved us. You know, while we were still in our sins, says St. Paul, Christ died for us that we might be right. brought back to Him. And I think there can be an infection. We can get infected uh, with this kind of Pelagian type of mentality that I'm going to somehow earn my goodness, you know, and I think the sacred heart of Jesus just reminds us, look, I love you. Mm-hmm. You know, in the same way as like in my family, <laughs> my kids don't have to do so many things each day to make sure that I keep loving them. Right. Um, but I think we can be, we can fall into that mentality. Yeah, we can, we can uh, overcomplicate our faith, so mm-hmm. to speak. And it's not that all those depths of theological study and mm-hmm. the the prayers that we recite and the things we do, those are all very important. But if we don't get this first simple aspect down yeah. it's just it's just words yeah absolutely you know it has no depth to it yeah i um i loved uh so we we started off with that prayer my 10 minute prayer as father gardner <laughs> referred to it uh, at the beginning of the uh, saint claude de la colombiere and he's actually he's one of my favorite saints he's uh the only saint i have a relic of i have him at my desk at, at the office um, and and St. Claude has just been a, a dear friend for me for decades now. And I, I love the story. Our listeners may have heard this story. A lot of times people are not familiar with the characters in the story. They don't know who it was. But um, the story is told that, you know, St. Margaret Mary was given, she was receiving these revelations from Jesus. Uh, and he's Jesus is um, basically commanding her to spread devotion to his sacred heart. Uh, but the problem is that St. Margaret Mary was a Carmelite, a cloistered Carmelite nun who does not go outside the convent walls. And so that's kind of tricky to spread devotion around the world uh, when you can't go out into the world at all ever. Uh, and so uh, during these, these the revelations, um, Jesus told St. Margaret Mary to ask 
Father Claude, my faithful servant and perfect friend, to be your spiritual director and companion in this, which I, I want that kind of resume. Yeah. You know, faithful servant and perfect friend of Jesus. Um, and so when Father, Father would come there and hear confessions for the nuns, and one time before or after confession, um, sister, uh, sister at the time, St. Margaret Mary Alacoque, uh, asked Father Claude, you know, Jesus is appearing to me. He tells me that you're supposed to be my partner in spreading devotion to his sacred heart. And uh, Father Claude was, you know, understandably a little bit uh, wary uh, about whether this is legitimate or not. And so he said, well, okay, um, but if this is true, I, I'm going to need a little bit of confirmation. So the next time that you see Jesus, I want you to ask him what my deepest, darkest sin I've ever confessed is. Oh, wow. Um, and so she said, okay. So the next time Jesus appears to her, she said, I talked to Father Claude, and um, I told him that you want him to partner with me in spreading this devotion to your sacred heart, but he wants proof. And so he asked me to ask you what his deepest, darkest sin that he's ever confessed is. And Jesus looked at her kindly and he said, I forget. Oh. And so as soon as she tells Father Claude that, he knows immediately that she actually is seeing Jesus. Uh -huh. Like in the sacrament of confession, God gives us this gift in many ways to make God, who is the all-knowing, all-powerful God, forget um, those, those things, those offenses that we've done against him, which is extraordinary. It is. It's so beautiful. It's so extraordinary. And that's what's so cool about, you know, the, the devotion to the sacred heart mm -hmm. is that, you know, this is a heart that was pierced on the cross. Mm -hmm. This is a... Uh, a heart, um, you know, his great sacrifice of dying for us, no matter what we've done, mm -hmm. he's always going to love us. And how powerful was it when Father John Paul said that God even loves the evil one? Yeah, right. I mean, and so how, how but he's so self-centered and, and concerned mm -hmm. with himself that he can't love God back. Yeah. Wow, is that a wake-up call for all of us? I mean, and it's probably something that many of us can relate to because you might have family members that you love dearly, you want good things for them, and maybe they've gone down a bad path. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, oh, gosh, I want so much for you, uh, and they want nothing to do with what mm -hmm. you what you extend. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's just an expression of the way that God loves us, right? That's really cool that you just said that, too, because many of our listeners and, and us as parents, uh, you know, we go through hurts, mm -hmm. you know, from our children. And um, a lot of times they're not aware mm -hmm. of, of that cross or that burden that they've done. But, um, but they are aware of that unconditional love mm -hmm. we have for them, that yeah. we continue to pray for them. And in the Magnificat today... Uh, it's it's pretty powerful because it does talk about see the wound in the heart. How did Jesus get this wound? You know, when he was on the cross, a spear was thrust into his heart. He did not run away. This is love, mm -hmm. you know. And so how do we equate that as parents? And it goes on to talk about that, you know, that love. There's one more characteristic of love, the cross, when would a parent say to a child, that's it, enough, no more? Mm. Even if we say it, we don't mean it. How much our Lord loves us. He does not say, I love you a lot, but not that much. Rather, he said, I love you a lot if it costs my life, even mm. costs my life. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we as parents, we need to be that unconditional love that God, you know, gives right. us as yep. his children. 
And and so how cool is that? In that Jesus's heart, you know, he invites us in, you know, when we desire it, but he also still invites us in when yeah. we walk away and leave it. Yeah. And I think the, I love the point that you made that we we need as parents to be able to express that to our children. Uh, but I think a big part of that is actually we also need to receive that. Right. I think that's one thing that we can, we can, it can fall out of our minds, like to actually consciously ask the Lord to let me receive your love, mm-hmm. let me experience your love, and and it's not so much just a um, a kind of doing of things. You right. know what I mean? Right. My saying my prayers and and those sorts of things that like let me experience your love. I was mm-hmm. I was kind of moved by um, a statement that Pope Francis had in Amoris Laetitia where he talks about a love that is I don't I, I will paraphrase and butcher it but it, it's I remember him saying a love that is purely oblative meaning only giving right is is an insufficient love. Like there's supposed to be a receiving as well. And so we have to be receiving the love of Christ. We have to be going into that sacred heart of Jesus and being built up and being transformed uh, in that very love so that He actually begins to love through us instead of it becoming a chore that we have to do. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I know exactly what you mean. And and it's just so easy to fall into that trap of the evil one that, oh, I just need an hour by myself. You know, mm-hmm. no, we need to be giving and giving. And that's the way that we can receive. You're so right. Mm-hmm. And, and so how cool is it that the Immaculate Heart of Mary, you know, that her feeling that piercing of her son's sacred heart that we have our lady mm-hmm. to help guide us and bring us deeper yeah. into that relationship with her son yeah during our conversation with father gardner i was uh, i was thinking of the the phrase you know we were talking about the union of the twin hearts the sacred heart of jesus the immaculate heart of mary and and we see you know the, the early church fathers spoke about the the new adam and the new eve that Mar- mary and jesus formed this um new eve adam and eve to um to kind of reverse the work done by the original adam and eve right. the, the the inheritance of sin is is met by this new holy couple with a, a an inheritance of redemption of of life of renewal and um the second vatican council in their document lumen gentium on the light of the light to the nations light of the world um they they Make a phrase to the to the extent of that Mary, in her mother's heart, endured the very intensity of the sufferings of Jesus as she stood at the foot of the cross. Mm-hmm. That she bore the same intensity of sufferings that Jesus did, mm-hmm. you know, um, be, as as her union with Him, and so that she is united in a wholly unique way with Jesus in this act of of acquiring the graces of our redemption. And the really cool part of of that is every cross has a resurrection Mm -hmm. and a victory. And Mary also shares in that victorious, you know, triumph over death and over sin. Mm -hmm. And so how powerful that is that we in the Catholic faith have our mother Mary, you know, to ask for her intercession and her help and guide and, and how Father John Paul said and she'll give you that light, that peace, that security. Mm. And and in this world where every time you turn on the news, I mean, even now, even with the critical race theory and mm-hmm. not to get into that, but the, the school that um, is really being highlighted right now in Loudoun County, Virginia, that's where I went to elementary school. Mm. I went to middle school. Wow. I have one of my best friends as a teacher in that school district, uh, high school. It just, it's just like, 
Jesus, have mercy on us. You know, please help us. Please guide us as ordinary people. Help us do extraordinary things, but only through you. Yeah, I, I think that's so important. And I, I think w- I'd love to go into that more because yeah. I think the Sacred Heart is the answer right. to what we're experiencing around us right now. But we do have to take a quick break. So we're going to step away for just a couple minutes, but we'll be back with uh, more Real Presence Live right on the other side of this break. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. Speak I am 16, 16 weeks old. We have reached the second trimester. Yay, Mom. You and me. I know. Let's celebrate with snacks. Can you keep eating the foods I am craving? Especially pears and buffalo sauce. But not together, please. Because I have a new goal. I am going to double my size in three weeks. <laughs> yep, go find your stretchy pants. Oh, and I have a little indent forming on my upper lip. And I can uncurl and stretch in here now. I won't be the size of an avocado for long. Written by Allison Updahl. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. And we're back with Real Presence Alive, alive with the love of God. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's just been an extraordinary morning so far. And um, my heart, my mind, it's just like, yeah. oh, I, I'm just so grateful for this feast day. I'm so grateful that the church gives us this day to just remind us and get us into, you know, focus. I mean, obviously every feast day does and every solemnity does, but this one is to me just like such a high point. If we get this, we can get everything right. Yeah, hopefully it's a reset for us. Because honestly, it does seem like there's just this barrage of bad news that comes at us constantly, right? Yeah. Um, And and sometimes you can be inclined to ask yourself, like, Lord, where are you? (laughs) What's going on? Things just go from bad to worse consistently, Mm -hmm. right? Um, and, And gosh, I mean, even the inability to have any conversation within our society right now 
um, is is discouraging for sure. But I mean, I think it's important for us to remember that the Lord God is still fully at work right now, right? Right, right absolutely. And even in the prayer that you opened yeah. up, and it, it spoke of God's mercy, mm-hmm. and it also spoke of God's will. Mm. And so it's like when we close our hearts away from His mercy and feel like we're unloved and we can't ever be forgiven, well, then you're like, well, why why even try, Right. Yeah, You know, I mean, we need God's mercy. We need, if we're looking for other people to forgive <laughs> and move on, uh, for instance, when you talked about um, what was said in confession, and Jesus right, says, yeah, Claude, yeah. yeah, yeah, Jesus says, uh, I, f- I forgot, or I've yeah, forgotten, I, I, or, yeah, yeah, or whatever, yeah, and, and, but how, the world doesn't do that, right. you know, everything no. is tolerable, but nothing's forgivable, yeah. and it's like we're living in this darkness of every day is a crisis, every day is something more that just gets piled on, and it's like, at some point in time, we need to just say, Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I want to be happy. Mm-hmm. I want to be at peace. And and I know that in this madness, there's, there is going to be a, a resurrection, yeah. you know, but, but what is our role in that, Brad? Well, you know, I think, I think honestly, I think the most essential role is to actually maintain and protect our joy yeah. and our confidence to, to be sincere about it because we live all too often. We live as if Christ is not Lord. Christ is not king any longer. Like, Satan is king. Uh, critical race theory is king. Mm-hmm. You know, all of the different ideologies that are that are seen rule, ruling the day, we act like those are actually the dominant force. And and we, we forget that, you know, the Lord God is actually fully in control. It's not a matter of waiting for him to act. Mm-hmm. He's acting right now. Right. Um, you know, I had, this, I had this reflection one time, uh, it was a handful of weeks ago, we were, I, I forget what the scripture passage was. But we were doing some Lexio Divina in, in my family, just doing some prayer with the scriptures. And I had this this image of uh, like being on a train, okay? And you're you're traveling on the train and it's just glorious. You know, you're looking out the windows and you're seeing mountains and and um, you know fields and blue skies and and sunshine and flowers and all that. And it's all just this you know, a panorama of, of beauty and glory. Right. And then the train's just zipping along toward its destination. And then all of a sudden, the train goes into a tunnel. And all of a sudden, it's, it's completely and utterly dark outside. You don't see anything. It's, it seems like all of the beauty is gone. All, it's, it's sur- surrounded and replaced by this darkness of desolation. And yet the reality is the train is still moving at the same pace, at the same speed. The conductor is still guiding this, this train faithfully toward its destination, and it's getting closer and closer moment mm-hmm. by moment. And I, it was just like this image of like the Lord God's control, you know, that even when he's seemingly absent, even when he, you, you don't decipher what all he's doing, he's still guiding us toward his ends. Isaiah 55 talks about how my word goes forth from my mouth and it will not return to me void until it has accomplished the end for which I sent it. Yeah, And that's, that's absolutely true. That's one of the great mysteries of our faith that we as Catholics perhaps don't grapple with as much as we should. The mystery of the, the juxtaposition of human freedom and divine sovereignty. Like they're, they're both absolutely true. Right. Like God is utterly and totally sovereign. What God wills comes to be. And yet as humans, we're still completely and utterly free. And we, we, as 
This is one of the mysteries of the faith. Like we don't understand entirely how Jesus could be fully God and fully man. Uh, this the 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 union between divine sovereignty and human uh, autonomy uh, is is one of the mysteries of our faith that we can affirm both ends of it, but we don't know quite how they fit together. Sure, sure. Yeah, the beauty of the incarnation. It's just like whoa! It is such a a glorious mystery, mm-hmm. but but how how we respond? You know, you know, are we asking God? Are we discerning through prayer, through a relationship with God, to do His will? Mm-hmm. Because we can do extraordinary things only if we let Him lead us right. and guide us, and we have Him living in our heart, minds, and souls. And and that's really the catch because we we can get caught up in the world. And in each crisis that mounts each day, and then we forget how to live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we're wasting our time away dealing with crisis after crisis after crisis, rather than living that joy you talked about, yeah. living that love, living, um, you know, look at what Jesus endured on the cross. I mean, nothing we endure could ever be close to that. Right. Ever right. be close to that. Yep. And, and at the same, along with that, um, nothing that we ever do could strip that from us, right? right? And that's one. This is a spiritual practice that has been enormously fruitful for me in the last four or five years. Of you know, when I encounter my sinfulness, my frailty, my inadequacy, and all that, handing that to Jesus and saying, "Here you go, Jesus. This is yours. I give you permission to come in and do what you want." Oh, in that's that. beautiful. And it's Brad. it's. it's, it's it's been honestly a complete spiritual renovation for me mm-hmm. to experience the Lord God saving me at every moment. Because otherwise, I think unconsciously, I kind of had this idea, uh, this constant calculus of like, how am I doing in my path toward holiness? I, oh gosh, I'm not really doing very well. You know, I'm not, I'm not progressing like I want to progress. I'm still dealing with these sorts of things. And it's, it, like unconsciously, I'm still trying to kind of figure out how I can save myself. I can figure out what what are the right devotions to pray. What is the right amount of adoration? What are the, what's the like like schedule of piety so that I can save myself? But you can't save yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Only Jesus. Only God can save you. And that's where we as Catholics, again, all the devotions, all the the prayer recitation, all the theological study, it's all vitally important in supporting and growing in our faith. Yeah. And I'm not knocking that at all, but we got to get the most basic, yep. you know, important part of that pyramid, no, you know, otherwise it's going to topple. Yep. And then that's when we're going to get the fickleness and the lukewarmness, and this mm-hmm. is a chore, and da-da-da-da-da. And we need to just get back to the basics. Yep. And I think being being loved uh, inspires a response. Right. You know, knowing that we're we're loved by God, insp- like you want to love the people that love you, right? It's There's something that's not only attractive, it's it's inspiring, it's it's motivating, Right, and there's a there's a section of a, another an act of con- uh, confidence by Saint Claude that I just love. It's been, uh, like I said, this has been something that's carried me through a, a lot, and I just I want to share it with people. Uh, I'm gonna read a section of it because it's it's more than a ten minute prayer. Like, like we get, <laughs> uh, but he says Saint Claude says men may deprive me of possessions and of honor, sickness may strip me of strength and the means of serving you. I may even lose your grace by sin, but I shall never lose my hope. I shall keep it to the last moment of my life, and at that moment, all the demons in hell shall strive to tear it from me in vain. And then he quotes the Psalm uh, 4, verse 8, In peace, in the self-same, I will sleep and I will rest. Others may look for happiness from their wealth or their talents. Others may rest on the innocence of their life or the severity of their penance or the amount of their alms or the fervor of their prayers. 
You, Lord, singularly have settled me in hope. As for me, Lord, all my confidence is my confidence itself. This confidence has never deceived anyone. No one, no one has hoped in the Lord and has been confounded. I am sure, therefore, that I shall be eternally happy since I firmly hope to be, and because it is from you, O God, that I hope for it. In you, Lord, have I hoped. Let me never be confounded. And he he goes on, but it's just, I I think just living in the sacred heart, living in the love of God, um, I've found for myself, it makes me want to be better. It makes, it's instead of an imposition that I'm trying to force upon myself, it's, it's something that that comes forth more naturally. Like, I, I want this because I'm loved and because I want to love the one that loves me, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and, and, that's, and that is the, the biggest trick of the evil one is to make you feel not loved, yes. not forgiven. And, um, and our world is just perfect for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you make one mistake and, oh, and it's, it's forever, there you know, no whether it's social media or, um, yeah, what have you. I mean, it, it's just, we need to back away from the world mm-hmm. and not, not, not retrieve from it. I'm not saying right. that, but not be consumed from the spirit of by the, world, yeah. the crisis and that's ongoing we need to be part of the solution, not mm-hmm. part of the problem. And who's the solution? It's Jesus. Yep. And we got to celebrate today. Yeah. Today is a solemnity. Uh, people may not know this, but actually, according to canon law, we are actually still required to make a sacrifice every Friday. Like, it's in canon law that we're still supposed to fast from meat every Friday of the year. But the U.S. bishops back decades ago gave a permission to Catholics in the United States to replace that with some other sacrifice. So we're even if we don't abstain from meat on Friday, we're supposed to be doing something every Friday. However, exception, 12, Canon 1251, talks about on solemnities, all of that is dispensed. And so our job today is to celebrate. Like, yeah. go eat meat. Go have fun. Yeah. You'll celebrate the Lord God's mercy and, and love for us. And then next Friday, sacrifice from complaining and yeah. uh, getting caught yeah. up in the worldly things and just trust in, in the sacred heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Yeah, amen to that. All right, well, we are coming to the end of this segment, but we are going to have uh, up next, it's a way to support seminarians. So stay tuned to learn more during our next interview on Real Presence Live. We'll be right, right back after this. <laughs> 